0: Hello again, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. Today, we are going through part two of our threefer on the essential small business tech stack. In this episode, we're digging into marketing and cybersecurity tools. Now, in episode one of this series, we covered communication and efficiency tools. And then we'll wrap up with a third episode on business management tools. And to talk about marketing tools and cybersecurity tools, I brought two of my favorite geeks. So, with me, I have Travis Schumacher, my brother, and one of the techiest humans I know, co owner of Tranquility Internet Services, and Stacey well, Brockmeyer, my chief wearer of many hats at May Create and super tech problem solver. Hello, hello. Uh, remember when we decided that we needed to amp up our
1: website security, friends? Do you remember that? I remember it because you were on maternity leave and it was really hard. <laughs> it was bad. I mm-hmm. had
0: a newborn, and our websites started to get hacked. They were hosted <laughs> um, at Tranquility Internet Services. And okay, first off, though, I would I do not take full responsibility for the hacking of twenty. 14 because at that point in time we actually allowed our clients to make the decision to update their software on their own. And did they do it, Stacy? No, never. They never did it. N- <laughs> and what is the way to protect your website from hackers,
1: Stacy? Update the software and plugins. Whoop whoop. Okay, so <laughs> I think we could make a song about it. <laughs> we should. So we were
0: like, Travis, we had to figure out how we're going to unroll this program while I'm on maternity leave, where we're going to unhack all these websites and also then lock them down. So no one can hack them again and maintain them. And so Travis, do you remember what you did to start off this process?
2: Uh, I looked at the most common ways that websites get hacked and attack those on (laughs) our server. or the hosting spaces that we had for for the clients. He
1: he learned how to hack websites. (laughs) (laughs) He he did. He Googled how to hack websites. It was awesome.
0: So he came back with a list of vulnerabilities for WordPress sites. And there was actually at that point in time, like no system that you could just pay for that would manage hundreds of WordPress sites and keep the systems and data safe. And now there are like, so many to choose from right from plugins to server side solutions like all kinds of different things right Um, so that's how we figured it out to begin with. And and that's how you guys might be like tackling some of your tech challenges too. So (laughs) if you're wondering what to do, what you need, or what you're missing from your tech stack, you are in the right place because we created this three-part tech stack series as a roadmap for you. And we packed it with insights, recommendations, and quite a few misadventures because we didn't get where we are today (laughs) the easy way (laughs) or the right way the first time, right? So hopefully by the end of the series, you'll have a clear understanding of those must-have tech tools that can propel your business forward. Okay, so before we get to business, I want to tell you one more thing, and that is that we created a list for you of all these services and tips that we reference in this podcast. So you can go over to Maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com, and you will find what you need, the links, the service names, and more. So what I'm saying is don't write it down on the back of the receipt sitting in the console of your car. You'll get into a car accident. (laughs) Instead, go over to our website and the link will be in the episode show notes. All right. Are you ready for this, friends? Let's do it.
2: Yes, let's do it.
0: All right. Let's get to business. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer, so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. All right, friends, so before we get started, I have to ask you, what is your number one favorite tech tool for marketing or cybersecurity? Travis? I think you have an opinion. What's your favorite tool? What's the one that's a go-to for your clients when you're trying to lock their stuff down?
2: Go-to go, go to is probably, you know, a, a decent decent router. Everybody's getting on the internet um, and usually it's your front line of defense, you know, before you, before you get out to the web, before you start cruising around. Um, so that's probably, you know, probably the number one tool um, that I'm looking at.
0: What's, what's the brand of your favorite router?
2: There's lots of, lots of flavors. I'm a big fan of, um, Cisco Meraki. Um, Unify has a, has a good product. Um, there's a, a couple other ones. Sophos has a as a, has a pretty good one. Sonic wall. There's some, there's some bigger ones, but, um, you know, the first two are the probably the ones I deal the most with.
0: And friends, we are going to talk more about that. Um in this podcast. I I just had to ask him to start off and he used a bunch of words that I don't know. So if you don't know either, it's cool. He's going to explain them to us in a little while. (laughs) I didn't know any of those words either. (laughs)
1: Stacy, what's your number one favorite tech tool? Okay. So it's no secret that we pretty much deal with websites over here. And so one of my favorites is WordPress Defender Pro. So it's a wordpress plugin that rebecca uses to lock our stuff down for our clients often and i feel like it's probably the number one security thing that i use on a regular basis okay what's my favorite one can i be like completely
0: not even super techie Absolutely. It's those charts that Rebecca makes that color code all of our passwords and then um, make them really hard to guess. Like, it's cool. Like, she makes this little poster for me every time we update our passwords because we regularly update passwords for our clients. And it has, like, all these little tricks for us to figure them out without actually telling us what they are.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it has pictures of animals on them colors all kinds of things it's pretty great it's like
0: an infographic to help you figure out what password to use to log into what wordpress site i think that's my favorite one
1: <laughs> for yeah. cybersecurity. security that and text expander because we put all text those expander. passwords in
0: text expander too in there that's good
1: yeah I figured I raved about Text Expander enough in the last episode. I had to pick out something new this time, but man, I love Text Expander.
0: I do too. I just introduced Kaylin to it, our new marketing assistant. She was like, What just happened? And I'm like, This has been installed on your computer the whole time, and you didn't even know it. She's like,
1: This is awesome. <laughs> Such a time saver. I get like a report every week or something that tells us how many hours our team saved by not having to type in passwords. Wow. I wonder if they're conservative or
0: not with that time estimate.
1: I would guess that they're not conservative with it because they want to make their product look really good. But I can't imagine that we save a crud of time. We do. We totally do. So on our agenda of things
0: to talk through in um, our small business tech stack episode today is online marketing tools, analytics, and data insights and cybersecurity and data protection. So we're gonna start at the top with online marketing tools. And Travis, he he's, he says he's heard of a couple of these, but he kind of feels about these the way I feel about routers. They're, they're like- Fair, fair statement. They're, they're like UFOs <laughs> flying around. Okay, so the first online marketing tool Uh, that we feel like you need to have in your small business tech stack is a website development tool. And obviously our favorite one is WordPress, right? Um, Ding,
1: ding, ding, WordPress.
0: And WordPress isn't for everybody. Uh, But ultimately, and we have whole episodes about this, but what we need you to do whenever you're picking out the right website development tool or platform for your business is just think about what you want to do with your website in the future, what types of like programs it needs to integrate with, and then pick the tool that will allow you to do that. That That's gonna be the right tool for you, whether it's a super simple one or a robust one like WordPress, that's it. Okay, so Stacy actually plans a lot of these next things. So some people are planning more than just a, a website. They've got, they're running a business online. Stacy, take it away.
1: Yeah. So the first thing that I do with any of our clients is we talk about what their website can do for them. And recently I've been planning a lot of shopping carts. So a lot of e-commerce website solutions. And for those we use WooCommerce. Now there's other ways that you can start your
0: website though. WooCommerce is really robust. We we make it do everything from Sell those awesome ride-on carts that um, the kids with disabilities uh, the Frog Foundation. That is an awesome website. You guys should go check it out. These people manufactured uh, like these little... What do they call them, Stacy?
1: So I'm super honored because these people are our friends, like our family friends. And they started a foundation in honor of their son, Brody, who has spina bifida. And they created basically mobility devices from everything from like the crawling stage up to Brody's six now. And so they have a frog, which is uh, like the children can use their arms and move around. And then they gradually step up from there into what look like miniature wheelchairs. So they're really awesome. So the
0: Yes, it is there. It's a really cool product and a really cool website. So definitely... Check that one out all the way up to like right now. So we're pre-recording this episode, but we're running an online giving campaign for the entire month of December for our community that benefits 150 of our local nonprofits. We're up to 175 this year. 175. Holy cow. Isn't that wild? And that website brings in like – Almost $2 million in a month for our local nonprofits. And WooCommerce does that, right? But they didn't start that way. We didn't even start that online giving website that way. Like it started in an email form, friends. It literally started as an email form. So I guess what I'm saying is like it doesn't have to start out um, as complicated as you think. You can test out your products in a different way to make sure that it's going to work. So we have a whole episode on that. You can check it out. It's called Before You Set Up Your E-Commerce Site, Do This, which is test your product <laughs> and, uh, and build your audience. Okay, so the next online marketing tool I feel like you need to have in your toolbox is a social media management tool because you don't have time to go out and like publish in all those other places or gather all the analytics in all those different places. We've used Loomly and Hootsuite. We like both of them. They work really well. Um, Hootsuite has a free version that you can check out, but it will save you so much time to
1: have a scheduling tool. I think the analytics on those are really powerful too because it does combine all of the social media platforms into one location and you can really compare what you're doing. So I think that's almost as big or bigger of a time saver than the actual posting itself. Yeah,
0: because why do it if you're not going to look at how it did? It's just like, (laughs) yeah, got to see what works. (laughs) It's like running a science experiment and not looking at the results. It kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, so last but not least is, I feel like if you're gonna do online marketing, you should be doing email marketing and you should not be sending those out using your normal email service provider. Travis, what happens if I send out hundreds of emails from like in one, like to hundreds of addresses from one, from my normal email account? What
1: happens, what happens to me? You
2: will probably be marked as a spammer and then your mail won't get delivered, unfortunately
0: yeah
1: and that includes even those like regular one-off emails that you're sending to real humans
2: Mm
1: -hmm. they'll just all go to spam yeah and
2: then you'll get a bad reputation then you get a bad reputation about sending an email and then just regular emails may not make it there
0: that fee that you would be paying to use an email marketing software is worth it and you can even set up a free account with mailchimp and and that's a great great way to start We also, we used MailerLite for a few years and we love it. Like it's so easy to use. It's really, really easy to use and it's very cost effective. And now we actually use ActiveCampaign and we kind of have a love-hate relationship with it to be fair, Um, but it does everything that we want. And every time I attend another training session, I feel smarter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. That was too much Monica talking, but those are the online marketing tools I feel like you should have in your business tech stack, your website development tools, in an e-commerce solution if you're selling things online, maybe something to take payments, your social media management tools, and then your email marketing software now we touched on this a little bit earlier we said you know you you need to have analytics so that way you can see if your marketing is working or not because smart marketing is like smart marketing is like a science experiment right you're going to do the experiment and then you're going to look at the results and improve it for next time and so the next set of tools i feel like you need to have that are tech tools for marketing are analytics and data insights tools um we install two sets of
1: tracking on our website Stacey tell us what they are so we install Google Analytics which as everyone knows probably because we talk about it all the time changed a lot this year so we've learned a lot about that but we also install another Google product called search console and we use that to tell what pages are being indexed where 404 errors are Lots of good data around that so that we can make good marketing decisions from both of those systems. So Google Analytics is a
0: free tool that will tell you what people are doing on your website, like physically on your website. It'll tell you how long they're there, where they came from to get there, and also what pages they're visiting. And if you had it installed properly, if you have a shopping cart, it'll even tell you like how much money came in from social media or how much money came in from people just typing in your domain or email. And then Google Search Console, on the other hand, that's how Google interacts with your site. So it's how your site's performing out on Google searches, basically. But it also has a lot of extra tools in it. It's not just about that. Those are the performance metrics that it shows you, but it also tells you how your website behaves on mobile, if it has errors, if there's things missing, if Google can't find stuff. Um, So it's it's an incredibly awesome tool and it's also free. So if you have those two tools, along with a social media management software that tells you analytics and an email marketing software that tells you analytics. I'm not sure what else you need. Stacy, is there I, anything else?
1: I don't think so, but I do think it is important for us to tell people that Google Analytics and Google Search Console, while they are tracking activity, they're not tracking individuals. So I can't say Monica went to xyz pages and monica did this it can it just tells us this number of people from these towns or cities or states go to these pages so not necessarily tracking people just tracking activity yeah
0: they're just users they're not actual human beings yeah and the new version of Google Analytics is like a cookie-less version as well. It doesn't mean you don't have to have a cookie pop-up on your website still, but it's cookie list tracking. And Google Analytics 4 is a lot different than, <laughs> than Universal Analytics, and yes. So much fun It's a party. (laughs) (laughs) Love new software. I love it when Google changes everything. I think when it came out, I like emailed no, no, Travis and I were down at the lake, like visiting our parents together and I was like, Oh my gosh, if I have to watch one more training video to figure out how to find the same stuff that I used to be able to find in a second with Google Analytics for, I just I my head's gonna (laughs) explode. And then you told me that they had changed fourteen other things this summer too, and we were like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. They're busy. I do
1: think I do think the day we found the conversion chart, though, that was like it used to be called this and now it's called this or it used to be this. And now you have to take this divided by that to find that. That was a good day, though, because at least it gave us some semblance of knowing what used to be and what is now. I should link to that conversion chart on our website. I will. Guys, if you go
0: to the blog post that accompanies this episode on our website, I will give you a link to that conversion chart because it was it was really helpful to understand what things are called now and how they're tracked completely differently and what they mean. It was, it was interesting. Okay, so Travis, that wraps up our section on analytics. Now I want you to tell us all about cybersecurity and data protection. Like, let's start off with, does it even matter?
2: It does. It matters a ton. I mean, it's... Cybersecurity and data protection is, is probably the lifeblood of your business. Um, it's something you gotta have, gotta protect it with, with everything you got. Um, cause if you lose it, it's either going to be a, a time, uh, reinvestment in time or, a, your customer's information could be at risk. And then, well, if you don't have customers, then, well, you don't really have, business.
1: what do you have if you don't have customers?
2: Yeah. So I mean the importance of data security i mean i I try to look at it it's you know it's protecting against the unwanted access or corruption both internal and external right um that's kind of that's kind of the foundation you you don't want certain people to get to it maybe you know customers don't want them to get information or your um, competitors get you know your information or even certain employees to have access to stuff that you don't want them to have access to. Um, and then, you know, if data does get corrupted, I mean, it, it happens, you know, there can be a, a disaster or, or a hard drive can fail or, you know, or something can happen. So you want to make sure you're protecting that, you know, as well. So important, importance of security, uh, securing data, huge, huge part of business, huge, huge, huge thing. Very important.
0: And I mean, so like, think about it like this way, friends, remember back in the day, I don't know, I know that you friends that are geeking out with me on this podcast are old enough to remember this, where we went to the computer lab to write papers, and then you would either save it on a Mm -hmm. floppy disk or on a jump drive. And you had to save it or else it didn't save itself. (laughs) Okay, so the feeling that you had when you left your jump drive or your floppy disk or your hard disk. The computer lab, and you left, and you didn't know if you were ever gonna have another copy of that paper again. How did you feel? Total panic.
2: Or if you didn't, or if you didn't have one, and you saved it, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna finish that up tomorrow," and someone else stole it and turned it in as theirs.
0: Did that happen
1: to you? Maybe. <laughs> I feel terrible <laughs> for you, Travis. <laughs> That's the worst.
2: Many moons ago. <laughs>
0: And you hate writing that that's wow. Dude, that sucks. All right, friends, Travis got hacked at the computer lab. (laughs) (laughs) Poor little Trav
2: in (laughs) my younger days, and Mm. Stacey
0: and I have clearly had the experience of pretty much blowing up our entire papers by leaving them there. Okay. So now, now magnify that feeling that we just had, um, of reminiscing by like I don't know, 5,000. And that's how you're going to feel when all of your customers' data gets breached, when all of your customers' records are deleted, when all of your files are gone. It's even worse as a business. Like, it's even worse. It's bad.
1: Think about it like all of your money from your whole business is tied to that jump drive or that floppy disk. we got to protect that thing. Bubble wrap it, yo. Because... Your money, your money, your business money is tied to your cybersecurity. Don't mess around with it.
0: It would be like if you had a factory full of inventory and you just burned it down without insurance. And there is insurance against this. We actually just had to get a policy.
1: We did, and it was really fun um sending them that money. It was even more fun filling out the paperwork. Oh god. Even more fun filling it
0: out. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had to fill it out, and then I had to ask them what everything meant, and then I had to go to Stacy and ask her what she thought everything meant,
2: (laughs) and then we sent
0: it in. Okay, so you can insure yourself against these things, okay, friends, and if you deal with a lot of data, you probably, I mean, I'm not an insurance agent, but I'm thinking you probably should. I don't know. I don't know. Saying. Okay, Travis, so... How are we gonna protect ourselves from, let's start with like hackers. How do we protect ourselves from the hackers and the viruses and the yucky things?
2: Well, hackers, obviously they're, they're, they're pretty clever. And so they're, they try multiple different ways to, to you know, get access to things. So the approach is to take multiple defenses against those things to make it that much harder for them to get access. Some of those things could be, you know, antivirus, you know, on your computer. Um, I mentioned, you know, routers or firewalls, you know, something in front of you getting on the Internet, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, So usually, you know, the best thing to do is to kind of start with a couple of those, um, you know, so that you can keep uh, yourself out of harm's way and help protect, you know, your people, your, your staff, your employees that are that are working for you, you know, and, and working on uh, your stuff on your behalf. So
0: they will help. Remember back in the day where um, I didn't have um, antivirus software on my laptop, and I kept getting a 1000 viruses. Do you remember that laptop? And Cause mm-hmm. we were doing like social media marketing at the time. And I would keep going out to Facebook and I would keep getting more viruses. And eventually it nuked mm-hmm. my microphone and I didn't have a microphone on that computer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, Why, right. where did it
0: go? Why doesn't it work? And then I took it into the computer guy and he was like, yeah, your virus ate your microphone driver. And I was like, whoa, that's gross. Mm-hmm. That's gross. So Um, how do you know what kind of protection you need, Travis?
2: Um, usually you start with a foundation. I mean, you guys mentioned, uh, you mentioned it early on about, you know, just updating, you know, your website, keeping your computer up to date, you know, a lot of stuff changes. Um, as we know in the world today, and it changes at a rapid pace. Um, so selecting a few simple tools, you know, keeping your, if you use, uh, Microsoft, you know, you have a windows laptop. You want to make sure that's up to date. You want to make sure there's a basic antivirus, you know, on that. And the firewall, you know, is enabled the basic, the basic firewall within the computer is enabled. Okay. Um, and then you kind of just keep, you know, putting on a couple extra layers in there. Um, you guys talked about that, you know, uh, what was it text expander, you know, to help protect, you know, passwords, right. You have those stored in a safe place, you know, um, enable different access uh, within your email systems. You know, there's a lot of two-factor authentication, you know, things out there where you can, there's a, 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 a second form to identify yourself the, so that you are who you say you are kind of a thing, you know, so starting, starting simple, you don't want to overcomplicate complicate it. Uh, usually, you know, three, four um, different levels of protection are, are a great place to start, you know, and just keeping it simple. That's usually, you know, my my number one thing is keep it keep it simple, um, so that you can, so when there is an issue, you can you can tackle it.
0: So I feel like you had three points there. You said keep everything up to date, safely manage passwords, and then the third one was
1: multiple forms of identification.
0: Yes, two factor two authentic- yeah. factor authenticate, which is kind of crazy because like as I was removing myself from all of these uh, Facebook accounts because we no longer manage social media for our clients, I can't tell you how many people didn't have two, uh, two-factor authentication in like enabled and so I couldn't add them to their own Facebook page. And they were like, I just can't figure it out. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you then because um, you should. Okay. So then when we were talking about um, the losing of the floppy disk, um, we were kind of hitting on the need for backup and recovery solutions. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. How do we keep ourselves safe doing that? Uh, there's
2: there, there's a couple different things, you know, with that. A lot, of, a lot of folks, a lot of my customers, you know, they're using um, an online type uh, backup tool. You know, it might be built in with their you know office you know microsoft 365 suite or google workspace you know something like that or you know even even dropbox so having a back for a backup recovery solution you know if there was a fire you'd want to have it off-site right and sometimes those that's the easiest way the most logical way you're already paying for the email calendaring type service hey you know store these files up there too right? so that's that's an easy way another way is you know Having a, you know, a file server, a, lo- a local server, obviously we still need to get backed up offsite, you know, but it maybe it's not, st- you know, saved on just your computer, right? It's saved on, you know, n- another secondary location, you know? So, um, you know, those those are kind of the ones that we run into, you know, most often. Um, biggest things is making sure it's, you know, it's backed up offsite too. Um, and a lot of the newer tools, um, you know, have a lot of that stuff built in already and you, don't know it's there, but it is, and so it's just you know peeling back the uh, the layers to to take advantage of it. So,
1: so Travis, for those of us that do use a cloud server setup, so you know our setup, we use Google Workspace, we store mm-hmm. all of our client files up there. Are we safe with just that, or do we need to back that up locally in another way?
2: Um, you can you can do a combo. I mean, there's there's a hybrid uh you you can save those files locally and you can sync them you know uh, up to the up to the cloud um some of our clients have uh backups of google and microsoft you know so that if they if there's a need for um like version history you know some attorneys or um uh people that work on large documents they need like version history uh, and if something happens, or there's a, a lapse, or if they lose access to Google or 365, then they have that in, an, in another place, or they can restore it, or maybe somebody overwrites it by accident. Um, so it, it kind of depends, to answer your question, it kinda, I think it kind of depends on the, the, the structure of your business, right? Some have different, different needs than others. But I mean, overall, I think, you know, having stuff on, you know, OneDrive or Google um, you know, it's, it's far better than just simply having it on your computer because you can access it, you know, uh, remotely. I mean, it's, it's, it's backed up off site, but it's also, you know, on your, you know, local computer as well.
0: So there is, I feel like there are a few other things too that Stacey, we don't even realize that we help people with, with data. One is that every website that we build has a privacy policy on it because that is, like your legal agreement that you would be protecting the people's data that you gather through your website so that would be one thing to think about underneath the cybersecurity and data protection is just the contractual agreement that you need to establish with the people that are you know you're gathering their data and then um a cookie pop-up to be compliant with gdpr and the california regulations to sh- like let people know if you're using cookies on your website and almost all of us use cookies on our website it, they're not bad cookies they're just cookies that make things work um well it's so you sort of have to have it on there
1: especially in a shopping cart like a shopping cart is typically cookie based um so when you add something to your cart you have to be able to go to your cart and see that it's in there and that's a cookie so you need to allow cookies when they're applicable so that you don't have a deprecated user experience. And
0: then the last one that I'm always surprised at, and sometimes people ask me to do like website reviews and I get hit by like this weird page on Google that's like, this is not a safe website. And I'm like, what is happening? Like maybe they don't go to their own website. I don't know. So Stacy, remember when we like started it, It was like, it's mandatory. You get an SSL certificate. Travis remembers this too, because he had to figure out how to deploy them for every single website that we had. (laughs) So Stacey, really quickly, like what's an SSL certificate?
1: Why do you need this thing? So basically in like layman's terms, an SSL certificate protects the connection from the viewer to your website. So it encrypts that connection It encrypts your website and that way it's safe for the user to go to your website. And so Google started requiring them a few years ago and they started getting giving these notifications that Monica's talking about sporadically. But really it's just a protection of the connection and the files on your website. And you're required to have one or you're not going to have very much website traffic. Especially, I think, so they've kind of sprinkled out the... Um, the alerts that when you go to them but i think coming soon i don't have a date in my head but every single website without an ssl will have the alert on it very soon so even if you can see it now you're probably not going to be able to see it very very quickly in the near future so you need an ssl certificate most of the time your hosting provider will provide your ssl certificate Especially if you're hosting with a company like we do, it's a free service. If you host with um, the less expensive hosting companies, usually it's a paid service. So you're really not gaining anything by hosting with a company who doesn't provide them because you also have to pay $100 a year for your SSL. So you might as well host with a more legitimate hosting company and not have to pay for it.
0: Absolutely. Because not having this, like, and this is the reason that we put this in your tech stack is if you don't have an SSL certificate on your website, then your website isn't essentially in your tech stack because people won't be able to get to it. Like, they, like Google's gonna tell them not to go. That's a really bad deal. And like if you don't have a privacy policy or a cookie pop-up, you are not even meeting laws. Like you're not meeting the regulations. So you should really,
1: you know, do those things. They're not hard. They just need to get done. And you don't have to do them yourself. I think that's the other thing. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to your web developer and contact them and tell them you need these things and they should know what they are. And if they don't, you should find a new web developer. Well, and there's services out there that
0: literally do like just this. Like, we decided that we weren't going to tell, we we started off with privacy policies and we were like, well, what are we going to do with these? Like, should we just have a drafted one? And we talked to our lawyer about it and they were like, no, do not do that. You cannot give people legal documents. This is bad. And then we were like, oh, man. So eventually you found a company that literally creates privacy policies and keeps them up to date with local laws and we have like an account with them and and they keep our privacy policy up to date and we pay them for it. So, and that's not hard. Like anyone could walk through that system on their own and fill out the paperwork and then you just put a link at the bottom of your site for it. So like that kind of stuff, it doesn't have to be recreating the wheel. You don't have to pay your lawyer, lawyer to draft it for you. You just, you know, there's solutions all over the place. It's totally doable. Okay, friends. So we're wrapping up this episode. Is there anything else that is top of mind right now for a tech stack, for online marketing tools, analytics and data insights, or cybersecurity and data protection? Anything else you would tell a small business
1: owner to think about? I think I just, like a small pep talk, these things are scary and they're hard to choose and you don't know what they are, but it's okay. There are people to help you. You don't have to do it on your own, but they are really dire things that you need to have. So make sure you're doing it. Make sure that your online marketing tools are up to date. Make sure you have analytics so that you can make decisions down the road. And for the love of Pete, please secure all your things. Unless you are driving a car from like 1980 or before, you do not have a phone, and you do only things by pen and paper, please secure your stuff.
2: It's important. Please make sure you back up your stuff because the amount of time it's going to take you to recover from that. It will, it'll be brutal. It'll be discouraging. Um, And the stuff that you work so hard, you gotta try to, gotta make sure you're protected. So if you don't have any cybersecurity protection, get one thing, start there. Um, If you don't know, ask your IT guy. Um, Or some- Even
0: if it's your brother.
1: (laughs) or, Or
2: your techie friend, to point you in the right direction.
1: At least download Windows Defender on your computer. Yeah. Like, there's your, that's like the very most just do your window thing. do your windows
2: updates just do your windows updates is baby step number one
0: I do have to say too like I know that you're like oh my goodness you know the budget is stretched tight but remember that scenario that we painted at the computer lab right so having someone like Travis come in and help you with this type of like tech stuff or even make create at the beginning when you're small is gonna be pretty cost-effective. We have very cost-effective solutions for you. And if you don't do it, it could literally break your business, quite frankly. Now for medium and large businesses, yes, it is more you know costly. But at the beginning, I mean, like I was blown away. Like there's, there's some services that Travis sets up that like you pay very, very little to Travis. It's actually the service provider that he's representing that pays him for like setting up your service. So it like, there's all kinds of different things like that. And people like Travis or like Stacy and I that are out here to, to help you and not like gouge you. So you guys are right. Travis says, start small, do at least one thing. And Stacy says, do it. You won't regret it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you won't
1: regret it. Trust me. Just
2: do something.
1: There was one time I had to rebuild our QuickBooks, like, and it was, it was enough to like scar me for life and it wasn't because we didn't have backups it was just be a mistake that happened don't do that don't be that person it's very stressful take care of your cyber stuff with that
0: friends i think we've beaten you to death and over the head actually no there's no death beating that's really bad (laughs) why do i say that ew (laughs) okay just ignore me people all right so that is all for our Small Business Tech Stack Episode Two Online Marketing and Cybersecurity Tools. Remember that we have episode one of this series where we covered communication and efficiency tools. And stay tuned for our next episode. Definitely subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to our email list over on maycreate.com. That's M A Y E C R E A T E.com. And we will wrap up our tech stack episode with episode three, business management tools. Oh, yeah. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose.